Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast. My name is David Duggan and I'm the director of Below the Line, an Irish-based consultancy specialising in helping people, teams and organisations raise their levels of consciousness, inner potential and performance. I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organisations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs and people looking to make their mark in the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well and perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines. What are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives? Whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers, or as parents, family members or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of our knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. This week I'm delighted to welcome another very special guest, Michael Kelly. Michael is the founder of GIY, aka Grow It Yourself, a social enterprise with a simple but powerful mission, helping people to live healthier, happier and more sustainable lives by growing some of their own food. Michael joined us to tell us about his career path, which began with working in IT and has since blossomed into a multifaceted portfolio of activity that now takes in writing books and columns, producing television series on Amazon Prime and RTE, as well as running the GIY business, which continues to go from strength to strength. Along the way, we also delved into his personal routines and habits, his approach to leadership, and the importance and impact of the Japanese philosophy of Ikigai on his life and business. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as our exclusive online events and sessions including our Press Pause coaching community. Thanks for listening and now on with the show. saying Michael thanks very much um, for joining us um, I really really appreciate it and um, my traditional first question on, on this podcast is please tell me why do you do what you do nice easy one to start uh, thanks <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome um, why do I do what we do well um, I suppose I I'm a passionate believer in the idea that our food system needs to needs to change and um, I I suppose my journey um started a long a long time ago i i uh in my early 30s i was kind of you know into food but not really thinking about where my food came from and i had a kind of genuine sort of road to damascus moment in the supermarket one evening uh where some garlic i was about to buy i, re- I realized it was from china and it just sort of really kind of shook me out of my complacency about the food system the fact that it was you know this tiny little thing had traveled so far around the world and was you know for sale for 50 cents or whatever it was um just I saw kind of brought home to me the the lunacy of the food chain and so 
I started growing my own garlic up to that point. Like I was, I had no green fingers whatsoever. I hadn't a clue what I was doing, but um, managed to grow some garlic successfully and just got by, you know, completely bitten by the bug of food growing and this sense of sort of, you know, empowerment and, and uh, joy of being able to grow, grow food myself. You know, I felt like God, um, <laughs> Um, so that was, that was how I started my own journey. And then I, I started GIY in 2008 as an organization really to kind of promote food growing. And, and I suppose that belief that I, I, what I had noticed that was that, um, even, even though I was only growing maybe five or 10% of, of the food that I was, uh, that we were eating as a family, it, it started to, you know, shift the um the other the other 90 percent if that makes sense like i was making different different food decisions more sustainable food decisions like eating more plants and less meat and um um wasting less food and buying more local and seasonal organic food and so on so it, it just completely changed my life and i suppose um you know they say there's no zealous like a convert i i, I kind of felt if i could do it uh when i was so clueless and and given the given the changes it wrought in my life, I, I just wanted everyone else to experience it as well. So GIY is it's a social enterprise that tries to get people growing their own food around the world. And that's what we do. And that's why I do it. You describe it as being very, very simple, but um, in, in terms of, look, this happened and then I, that happened, but I'm sure obviously there's been plenty of um, uh, speed bumps and all that type of stuff along the way. But what had you been doing prior to um, setting up GIY? Yeah, so I, I worked in IT. Um, before that and um so it was a big it was a big change and originally like GIY was a kind of a voluntary you know it was a community-led organization and I suppose just it was over time it shifted into to being a kind of you know a, a paid role for me and for others um so but you're absolutely right it, it you know on, on the outside from the outside looking in I suppose GIY probably looks it's very we've gone on a very kind of linear journey um and have grown more or less consistently since the beginning in terms of the number of people we're reaching and the number you know the people we have on the team and all of that uh, but it uh, you know it's it's been more like a squiggly line you know as they say in that in that ad um it's very you know there's been some tremendous highs and some lows as well that we've had to navigate and that's you know i think that's just the part part of life as well so um but ultimately you know, it's been it's been a hell of a ride. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of 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 that journey, um, do you feel you you're kind of tapping into the zeitgeist at the moment, uh, or were you slightly ahead of the curve, or is it two things coming together? Do you think? Um, yeah, it's a, that's an interesting question. I, I I think we're we feel like we've been tapping into the zeitgeist in phases over the years. Like, and it's it's kind of it's a bit cyclical where sometimes you feel like you you've a bit of an open door with people um and then other times it's a bit more of 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 a push um like when we started in 2008 obviously the the like the the arse had just fallen out of the economy in ireland uh people were very rattled and very kind of un un feeling very un insecure about um the kind of pillars of society i suppose and and you know, trying to save money and so on. So that was that was the sort of motivation for people back then, I think. Um, and then, you know, obviously climate change, uh, I think, has been very, very big in people's minds, particularly like up, up to maybe 2017, 2018. 
Um, so I think there was a motivation for, for people to sort of try and reduce their own, you know, personal carbon footprint around food and maybe do things a little bit differently and live a bit more sustainably. And then obviously COVID happened and it went absolutely bananas because people were, were stuck at home and they were, they were looking for things to do again, feeling, feeling un- insecure and afraid of, of, of what was going on. And so I think a lot of us um, went to sort of hobbies and, and activities that would make us feel a bit more secure and, and food growing is part of that. And, you know, the, the sourdough baking phase craze was sort of part of that too. Um, and that, that continued obviously for two years and, and, um, and now it's kind of, it's back to sort of cost of living. I think at the moment, you know, we're coming out of COVID and, and we're out and about more in the world, but I think people are very conscious of, of potentially saving some money by growing some of their own food. And we would always say to people, you know, for a beginner with a small amount of space, you can definitely, you can reasonably expect to save maybe 500 quid a year by, by growing, growing veg and fruit yourself. So it is a very good motivation for people. So I suppose we're trying to, in the periods where it's, you know, it's big, it's it's sort of at the forefront of people's minds. We're trying to sort of just grab grab onto that and sort of go at it. And then there's other periods where I feel like we're having to work a bit harder to to do it, you know. It seems to me, as, a, as I said, on the outside of the periphery of all this stuff, but that market forces generally, they're the things that have, traditionally shaped consumer behavior but i wonder do we reach a point or are we do you think we're going to reach a point where actually it's going to be environmental forces that gain the upper hand and will um will will force uh, consumers to start thinking differently yeah and it's starting to break through already i think i mean you already it's only it's only april and we've seen fed shortages on the shelves in supermarkets already this year because of climate change affecting the uh you know the the climate patterns in in the two countries where we we import most of our veg from Holland and Spain, um, you know they've had horrendous harvests and and um, so that's why there was no tomatoes and peppers and things like that on the shelves in in March in supermarkets and um, that's happening more and more often now. You know, like we've we've had for example in Ireland um, three droughts in the, in the last five summers, um, which is unheard of. I mean, even when I started growing my own food 20 years ago, like you never needed to water veg outside in an Irish summer. There was always plenty of rain and plenty of moisture in the soil. And um, now, you know, our summers are getting drier and, and just overall the climate's getting more unpredictable. And, and for the home grower, that's sort of a pain in the ass, but for the commercial growers, that's absolutely catastrophic, you know? And um, so I think, I think it's only get going to get more unpredictable in the years ahead. And, and, um the 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 food system which is such like it's it's such a monolith now you know it's it's um it's it's dominated by um um you know 10 or or 12 um sort of you know main crops that we eat around the world and and you know the, all of the power concentrated in the hands of a few small companies and so on so it's this it's this huge system which is um, which is actually very, very top heavy and very insecure in some ways. And so I think that's why people feel when they grow some of their own food, they're just taking back control over this very important part of our lives a little bit and, and restoring a bit, of, a bit of sanity into into the food system at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
people listening to this will know or, or if they don't we'll, we'll let them know now obviously you've got a, a series out on, on RTE at the moment uh, Food Matters which I've, I've seen a few episodes of but I mean this is directly covering all this stuff and really trying to lift the lid for people on what's what's actually happening out there um, in terms of the series you know what what has been the biggest takeaway for you or the biggest message that you think you're you're trying to get out to people um well we went on a bit of a journey with the series as well and and in giy we talk about this idea of food empathy a lot which is um a phrase we coined to try and explain like what what happens when people grow some of their own food and this this shift in behavior and, and knowledge and attitudes to food that i that i referenced earlier on um and you know, we we wanted to bring people on a bit of a food empathy journey. So I I did a series for RT a couple of years ago called Grow Cook Eat, which was which was very much about um the nuts and bolts of how to grow food. But I think we wanted to bring that audience then on a the next the next step in that journey and explore you know some of those kind of food empathy uh, themes. So you know, eating more plants, wasting less food, you know, supporting local producers, food pollution, um and and you know loving soil and the seasons and so on so that that's that's what we wanted to do but i think it was a journey of sort of exploration for me and hopefully for the viewers that we went and met people all over ireland and projects that are doing amazing things in this space and and um you know we're we're not we're definitely not trying to beat people over the head with it i think we're just trying to show here, here's a, here's an alternative and let people make up their own minds about whether that's an alternative they want to embrace or not you know um and i think i think the debate often in food gets very gets very polarized very punch and judy you know like you're either a vegan or a meat lover or and, and so on and so on whereas i think it's far more nuanced nuanced than that and um you just need to have an intelligent conversation with people and let them let them make up their own minds you know yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that's um, striking me as I listen to you is um, it seems to me you're always trying to strike that balance between passion and resonance um, because too much passion can turn people off uh, or make them just go, oh, listen, <laughs> you know, get out of my face kind of thing. Whereas it sounds to me you're like you're trying to be just more present some stuff to people and allow people to make up their own minds about it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's exactly it. Um so like in the in the episode about eating more plants and we deliberately called it that as opposed to don't eat meat, you know, um, uh, it was very much about, you know, having having real balance in it. And and we we started the episode having a having a meal here in Grow HQ um, with a beef farmer and a, and a dietitian and a, a young climate activist. And rather than sort of asking them you know, what, what's your position or what, how do you feel about this? We sort of asked them to try and tease out what do you, what do you agree on? Like, do you agree on anything? And, and actually they, they did agree on something, which was, which was, um, it was, it was just as well. Uh, uh, otherwise the experiment would have fallen a bit flat, but like they did agree that we do need to eat more plants. Even the beef farmer agreed with that, you know? And so I think that's, that's progress and that's, gives me hope that um that's that's the way to have these discussions to have a bit of an impact because the the polarized extremes uh are not working you know in terms of um our, our strap line here in below the line it's it's live well and perform better and one of the reasons we, we we do the podcast is to ask people just what does that mean to them based on their own perspective and their experience so um yeah please tell me what 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 does that mean to you if it if if, if anything at all 
Um, well, I think I think um, the first half of that strapline is the important bit, like the live well. I think I think the performing better kind of comes comes naturally from that, and and to me, live living well is a sort of a combination of a whole a whole factor of of or a whole combination of different factors like around around diet and nutrition around exercise around spirituality and mindfulness and so on it's all it's all in the mix there um i i kind of love this this sort of concept of ikigai this japanese um um you know concept that that sort of speaks to your, your reason for living, you know, trying to find the thing that you're, you're meant to do. I feel very, very fortunate that I think most of the time I have, I have Ikigai and it's, it's made up, to, it's, it's usually sort of presented as four, you know, four circles, like a Venn diagram. Um, and it's like, uh, you're doing something that, um, that you really love number one. And, and that's, you know, I worked, in a job I really didn't love for 10 years. So I know what the flip side of that is like. Um, and it's not much fun. And we we spend so much time of our lives working that I think it's a shame to sort of write off such a huge percentage of your life as just, you know, work, work time. Um, so I think that's really important. And the second one is something you're really good at. And, and you know, I, I'm not brilliant at any at everything. I'm definitely not, but I do feel like I've um what I'm what I'm really good at is communicating how you can change change your life around food and and grow your own food and the benefits of that and teach people how to do it like that's 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 the the sort of that's my um my superpower as as it were um third one is is uh, that which you can get paid for properly which is really important and I think our our sector the social enterprise sector we're not very good at that sometimes we don't um. We don't pay ourselves well enough, and I think you need you need a proper proper wage for 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 the work you're doing, um and and you know it's no point in working at something you love and that you're really good at if you're on the breadline. Like you can't live well, I think if you're if if that's the case. And then the final one, and I think it's the most profound and beautiful of them all, is is that which the world needs. You know, so if you can if you can take all of those things and combine them into something that that the planet or, or people on the planet really need then that's that's the best of all because that's meaning and purpose and and that's what gets you out of bed in the morning so i think i think it's a lovely it's a lovely way and and, and you know to 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 sort of if you, if you don't feel like you're in that space and i didn't for a long time um if you sit down and sort of maybe draw draw those four circles and try and figure out like what are those things and and maybe start a bit of a transition towards that i think that's that's a way to live well and and i think performance you know is is built into the center of that as well what are the practices or habits that you engage in to help you just um just show up and do what you do yeah it's a great question because i think i think like um ironically what i've learned is to to sort of feel stress free and carefree and 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 live well to use your your phrase you need to be very disciplined, like, which is a sort of a slight, <laughs> slight dichotomy. And for me, that means, um, you know, prob- probably three things. The first is, is diet. And, and I, you know, I, I I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not a sort of extreme eater or anything like that, but I do like, I, I stick to a pretty sensible Mediterranean diet. I gave up meat a, a, a few years ago. Um, eat a lot of fish and veg and, and just whole foods, I guess. Um, 
that helps me feel feel well um second one is exercise like i i think for a long time in my you know in my 30s and probably you know the first half of my 40s i kind of kidded myself to sort of say i was kind of fit and 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 doing plenty whereas actually i was maybe running twice a week or you know three times a week or whatever um and actually i think you need to be doing something every day i think exercise is like a reset on your on your on your mood and your body it helps you feel like it helps you be the best version of yourself i think so i'm 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 really disciplined about getting 30 30 to 40 minutes of exercise every day and it could be could be a walk could be a run could be in the gym or whatever swimming doesn't really matter but anything to get you moving um and and that's that's been really transformative i think for my health um making that shift to like every day like being really careful about that um and then the last one is just is a morning routine and you hear people speaking to this a lot and and um it's a really important part of it for me i i get up at um i get up around 6 a.m it's it's like it's not an extreme like get up at four or whatever thing but just that that hour of time before the rest of the family gets up is is like um you know it's again it's ironic that you get up early feels like a sacrifice but actually you're creating more time and 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 you're creating time for yourself during the day um so i do i do a little bit of yoga i i do a little bit of so you know there's a bit of movement i suppose first of all and then um small amount of meditation like i'm not a guy that sits on a cushion endlessly or whatever I, I i couldn't do that but i i do a guided meditation or whatever for seven to ten minutes Um, i have a kind of a drink uh, that i drink every morning that just feels like a bit of a reward after the yoga and meditation and then i do a bit of mindset work so so um you know just reading an inspirational book or passage or or reading some my goals and intentions or whatever just you know so it's those those three things i suppose you have a bit of movement you have a bit of mindfulness and you have a bit of mindset work um and that really sets me up for the day and i i just find if i don't do that um the day is different you know i don't i don't feel as carefree as positive as you know um I'm better able to handle stress when I do it and so on. So it's 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 a critical thing. Um, as I said at the beginning, just just to have the discipline to do those things, I think ironically just makes you feel you can handle handle more, you're more resilient and just just enjoying life, like feeling positive and feeling um, you know, feeling happy. You know, that's that's the goal, I suppose, on top of all of the the work and the achievement, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, could I ask you a question just about um, leadership? And um, obviously, you're, you've got a big team around you that's been growing um, and will no doubt continue to grow. But what do you have particular values or in a particular approach that um, you like to take to underpin how you how you lead um, the people around you? Um, I, I, I suppose. Um like for for me the the i th- i think i think everyone who works in goy like um believes in the in the sort of the mission and the goal of what we're trying to achieve i think everybody is kind of bought in we're all sort of bought into that and and we, we have a very clear kind of north star which is which is we're trying to teach the world how to grow food like we you know so we're really I think we're really clear about why we do what we do and what we're trying to achieve. So I think that's 
that's the first thing um i'm i i would hope that i that i kind of um you know sort of lead by example on that and that people feel feel inspired by um by that mission um i definitely we work very hard like i i think it's it's a common thing across the sector and in any mission focused organization that people you know we 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 work really hard and we do a lot with a very small you know a small team um so i think i think we're incredibly hard working we're like very resilient you know i think we've had a couple of huge knocks over the years um and i think the ability to sort of bounce back and keep going is is kind of 90% of the of success really you know um and yeah i think i i i think like my trust equation like what what i expect from from the people around me is that they get stuff done you know that they do what they say they're going to do and beyond that like i'm i'm not a micromanager i'm not sort of uh i don't you know i don't care where people are and what they're what hours they're they're putting in as long as they get the stuff done that they're got, that they say they're doing and do it with with passion and purpose and and pride um uh, so i suppose that that would be the uh, that would be it um uh, i guess as a, as a, i don't know i'd call it a strategy but that's that's the way it's worked out anyway yeah yeah sure sure um uh and in terms of again just think on, on the theme of leadership um are are there or even just more broadly kind of purpose and, and, and values and things like that but are, are there people that you kind of uh, take inspiration from um or you mentioned you know there's there's some books and stuff that you might dip into um uh, in your part of your morning routine but are there people that you uh, kind of uh, use um to kind of take some inspiration or a bit of learning from to help you um do what you do yeah like i am i'm, I'm a, I, I love podcasts like i i listen to podcasts all the time when i'm exercising and in the car and stuff like that and and there's like we're we're so lucky we li- we live in an age where there's like just endless um you know there's endless uh, podcasts out there that are just fantastic i i love um i love dr Chatter- chatterjee feel better live more that podcast is just phenomenal um i love the high performance um uh, podcast i love i love oprah's super soul Sun, sunday podcast as well um loving what niall breslin's doing around around kind of um i think it's where is my mind is it um lots of food shows like the food program on bbc and and politics and whatever i can get i just finished bertie hearn's podcast about the good friday agreement and you know i think i think as i said we're just so lucky to live in a time when you've got that sort of that content at your fingertips, you know, so accessible. Um, so, but I, like, I think from a, from a kind of, um, a values perspective, you know, again, I think, I think having, having sort of core values that are sort of, you know, that mean a lot to you uh, are, is really important as well. And, and I think you learn them from people you admire and, and so on. So for me, like, I think compassion, is one I I think it's something that sometimes I have to work at, uh, particularly when you're time pressed. I think you you kind of can can sort of forget to be compassionate sometimes, and um, definitely kind of hard work and resilience. Um, uh, you know, optimism. I'm 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 a very optimistic person. I always believe things will work work out for the best, and they usually do. Um, and I suppose you know, courage and integrity, those kind of things. They're they're the kind of 
important sort of values for me to to live my life hopefully great great i've only two more questions to ask you um so um next question is um just the one piece of advice you might give to anyone who's looking to to live well and perform better again from your own perspective as you as you see it yeah well i like i think i'd come back to to that um that icky guy idea like i think if you can if you can find um if you can find a purpose in in your life and find that reason you've been sent here i think that's 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 the number one thing and i know that's a very difficult thing for people and and the the shift for me from from a regular job to doing what i do now was was wasn't an easy shift like it's the hero's journey you know um so don't i i don't think you can ever expect that to be easy but um it it's a very it's just a completely different way to way to live your life you know not not to have you know this dividing line between work and 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 life i think that's that's a, a terrible way to go through your life i think um you know if if you still have time you know just just find that thing you were sent here to do and go do that you know that's the and i and i i'm i am conscious it sounds like very glib advice you know for 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 someone who's maybe stuck in a job they don't like but um i think um we're at it we're at it we're at a sort of a point in human history where we need people to step up and and you know bring bring their passion and their skill to things that the world really needs and i think i think um if you if you can figure out what that is you should that's what you should do and you really you know the, this this phrase that you'll never work in your life I, I i you'll never work a day in your life if you can find something you love to do i think it, again it's a bit glib and, I'm, and i don't really believe it but i do because you work you work your ass off you know you work incredibly hard and and there's very difficult times but i i understand the germ of truth that's in that because it's sort of it, it feels different you know i i don't have that sunday night monday morning dread um I don't have that demarcation between my work life and my personal life. It's it's all just it's all just life and purpose and meaning. And that's that's you know, that's a very I feel very, very lucky to be in that position, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a great place to be. And then um lastly, for anyone looking to find out more about you or GIY in general, where's the best place for them to to go? And um maybe an addendum to that is, you know, what's coming up next or down the pipeline for you and, and, and your team, etc. Yeah, well, um the, the TV series, as you mentioned, Food Matters is is on at the moment. Um you can check that out on RT Wednesday nights um at half eight on RT one or the RT player. Um, our old series Grow Cookies is up on Amazon Prime still. Um, you can people watching that around the world. Um, loads of books and things out there. Um, our website goi.ie is brilliant, brilliant resources for people who are interested in growing their own food and exploring these issues further. Like loads of like free content and online courses and information about our campaigns and programs and things. So that's probably the that's probably the central place to go. Um what's coming up next like we're very we're very hopeful that food matters will be commissioned for a second series so we'd be i'd be working on that in the second half of the year um we're trying to build out we've we've uh an urban farm here in waterford but we're trying to get our hands on a on a on a proper farm um and set up a kind of a center for regenerative agriculture so that's kind of big on my on my agenda at the moment and really just trying to get out there around around the world and inspire people to to give food growing a chance and um 
that that's going to keep us busy for 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 the foreseeable future i think it sure will absolutely and uh we're we're um gi wires here in this house uh we we bought one of the uh online courses there recently so we have um we're starting small, a bit of rocket, a bit of lettuce, some tomatoes growing, but uh, we can I can certainly attest to the the benefit and the power of the online courses as well. So yeah, absolutely. But that that concept of food empathy that really um that really resonated with me when you when you mentioned it. And the other uh, interesting thing has been um our daughter here at home um who's eight and is just fascinated by the process as well. So we can see she's getting hooked on it as well, which is um equally important too. That's brilliant, and and like um. You know, kids kids have none of the hang ups. I think that that we have as adults about it. Um, they're very, you know, they're very um, they're very good at it. I find as well. And our kids certainly, when they were younger, you know, they'd be much more likely to eat things that they'd been involved in growing. You know, so um, great way for. And I think that will follow your daughter through her life. You know, she'll she'll always remember those experiences. Um and uh think differently about food as a result so that's a that's a phenomenal gift you're giving her you know yeah yeah absolutely well thanks to you as well so thanks a million um and uh i guess i'll just say michael thanks a million for for being on the a guest on the podcast and giving me your time it's been a fascinating conversation i think you've given given people a load of uh, no pun intended food for thought from this conversation and um, i wish you continued success and uh, all the best thanks a million dave really appreciate it Thank you so much for listening to this week's conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard and you want to stay in touch with us, then please head over to www.belowtheline.ie to subscribe to our mailing list and to explore our upcoming programs and events. Until then, take care and see you next time.